always shows up. God always shows out. God always provides. I'm going to talk to you about that this morning. I want to go back to uh, Jehovah, uh, your provider, Jehovah Jireh. I want to go back to that just a little bit, and we're going to, we're going to close. I'm, it's not going to take us long to go there. I got a few scriptures here to share with you. Um, just go with me uh, over to, because some of you need to just know this. Know this. Know that, know that um, there is nothing wrong. Boy, sometimes. There we go. Um, so there is nothing wrong with pursuing a dream and not knowing everything about that dream and knowing everything about your destiny and you're pursuing that. But understand that God will allow you sometimes to get in places that are above your head, above your pay grade, above where he wanted you to go, but he'll let you go and then you'll realize you'll quit being hungry for that anymore and you'll come back to where your ceiling. Everyone has a ceiling. See, we want to preach this gospel like there's no ceiling, okay? There's a ceiling for the calling of God that has, God has on your life. Now, there is no limit to what He will do with you and what He will provide for you within what you're... That's why you got to know... Talk to somebody the other day. I don't even know what I am. I don't even know what I... You know, not to say I don't know what I am and don't know what I'm supposed to be doing is like a cowboy going to a rodeo. And he's participating. And he gets there and they say, well, are you part of the bull riding? Roping? Cutting horse? Well, what part of this are you going to be riding the, the, the stallions, the, the bucking the horses? What part of the rodeo are you the one of the clowns? Which one are you? Well, I don't know. I'm just here. I don't know what I'm supposed to be. Well, you're participating in this. People are coming to receive. Where are you supposed to be? What part are you supposed to? Now, you, I don't know anything about rodeo. Floyd could tell me more than I'd want to know. But can a rodeo, can a guy come in and be a cutting horse and a bull rider? He can. He can come, but he can't do it all, can he? But, he can, but, but from time to time, if he wanted to do it all, he could line himself up to do all of it at one, at one particular time, but not all at the same time. God will let you experience all kinds of things, but he's only got a couple things he's got in, in store for you. You understand? And, we, and, and I can sit here and teach and, and try to help you look it all over and sit there and try to decide, what am I supposed to be? But you know what the best thing for you to do is go get along with God and say, hey, what am I supposed to be? I can tell you that because that's what I've done. When I first got called in the ministry, I didn't know what I was supposed to be. Was I supposed to pastor, be an evangelist? And those others, uh, you know, teacher, that was Sunday school. When really the fivefold ministry, when I started studying it out and got the original passage on that, it's fourfold ministry. Do you know why we went to fivefold? Because it was a good preaching tool. Because you could use God's hand and his five fingers. To reach the church. But it was a false teaching. The whole thing was a false teaching. 
because there is no five fingers in the ministry. There is four fingers in the ministry. Pastor, teacher, evangelist, prophet, and apostle. So if you're a pastor, you teach. If you're a teacher, you're probably pastoring somebody or part of the pastoring. See, we don't want to give people that title. We're scared. We got one pastor here. We don't need any other pastors, and we're not paying anybody else. Come on. Come on. And nobody else is smarter than the pastor, so we don't have any more pastors. When really, most of us function and operate in the area of pastor, because you pastor people all the time. And what do you do when you're pastoring them? You're teaching them. What do you teach them? Your experiences with God to encourage them to have experiences with God, right? So, so see how easy that is? See how easy it was to walk through that? Amen? All right. So now watch this. Philippians 2.13. We're talking about God's provision. Say with me, God's provision for my life is His, is His pleasure. God gets pleasure in prospering me. Say it with me. God gets pleasure in prospering me. Now you're quoting the Bible. You're not quoting the thought Dean had. You're quoting Scripture. You're speaking Scripture over yourself. God gets pleasure. How many of you have ever heard that before? Come on. Have you heard that before? God gets pleasure in prospering you. Now watch what he says in Philippians, New Testament. For it is God which worketh in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. It is God that worketh in you both to do the will and to do of his good pleasure. Now go with me to Ephesians 1 and 2. We're going down about nine. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God of the, and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't it funny how Paul's writing here? Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. And blessed be God and, the, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, I'm going to tell you, once again, he's talking to a church who's a mess. The church in Ephesus had some issues. If you go reading all of Ephesians, you find out some of those issues. Paul corrects them in some things. But what does, what does, what's the prayer of the apostle? What's the, what's the will of God? It's the blessing. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. 
outside of love, you cannot, you can't, you can't, you can't function in this. You just can't. You have to be in love to function in this. And for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And the first thing he's trying to do is work love in us. And, 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 and you see mean Christians all the time uh, that, that, that just say whatever they want to say, do whatever they want to do, and, and, they, and they think that's love because they're operating in their eros love that they got from their parents and from society and from life. But that was not the love that God has planned for you. It is the agape love. And we've got to begin to understand that he didn't save us. And now we're, we're challenging others to be as good as we are. <laughs> to be as holy as we are and righteous as we are. But, but we, are, we are saved by his grace through his love. And our faith has to stand that he chose us, I'm now righteous, and I am beloved of him. I'm beloved of him. All right? So now watch. He says that we should, okay. Um, Having predestinated us, now understand, predestination is just what it is, a predestined. Did you know he came that the whole world might be saved, right? That everyone might be saved. So his predestination for all of humanity was to be saved. That's predestination. It's pre. It didn't say your destination is to be saved. Your predestination is to be saved. That tells me that everyone who stands before the Father, when they stand, they will either be judged righteous or they will be judged unrighteous. And those who are judged unrighteous will know they will have reflection of when God had tried to talk to them before. Because he wouldn't be honest and truthful if he's going to predestine everyone into the calling of Christ without without having a plan to reach everyone. Amen? Or he wouldn't be just, would he? Would he be just if he, if, if, if someone is not righteous, not covered in the blood, and, and he said, well, you know, um, I know I never t- touched you, never contacted you, never mentioned you, I, I never came around you, I never moved on you, I never, ever approached you, but because you didn't believe in me, to hell with you. That's not God. Everyone who stands before him will have been or will have had a personal encounter with him. Everyone. That's predestination. That doesn't mean they're destined. Amen? But those of us who grab a hold of the plan of God have taken our predestined position and turned it into our destiny. Because we've received him now. Amen? You're destined now for heaven. You're destined there. But now what is the plan that God has for us? He wants us to take dominion back. He wants to take his authority back on earth. That's the kingdom. That's the difference between being a Christian and then operating in the kingdom. And the Bible says, when 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 the apostle said, hey, how do we pray? He said, pray in this manner. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. 
Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. How will that happen? See, when we're taught that we're not sure about our destiny, I mean, our destiny should be so sure because he already predestined us. And since he's already predestined all of us, and then all of a sudden I take hold of when he found me and I had my encounter with him, I said, hey, I'll take that. I'll receive that. I'll take your righteousness for my unrighteousness. I'll receive your love for the love I've experienced in this life. I, I want you to be my father. I want, you to be, I want you to be my savior. I want you to be my all in all. Well, well, I was already predestined for that. So turn around and receive it. How sure is my salvation? It's absolutely sure. Is it not? Because now I've come to the knowledge of him, and I didn't just come to the knowledge. I decided I'm going to receive him. There's a lot of people that's come to the knowledge. Satan has come to the knowledge of who he is. All the demons have come to the knowledge of who he is. Remember when he showed up in one location and they said, hey, he come approached a man and they said, hey, you come to us before our time. They knew who he was. They had a knowledge of who he was. It's not coming to the knowledge of him. It's coming to the knowledge of him and receiving. Because he's going to work his will what did it say up here? He's going to both work in you both to will and to do. He's going to work his will in your life, and he's going to work his, his, his duty, the power to do in you. We are not saved by works. But we have a work to do. Hello? We're not Christians. Here's the problem with the Christian family. We're Christians and we're just existing. And we're not supposed to be just existing. We're supposed to be finding the plan that God has for our life. And in that plan is his perfect will and to do. Amen? To perform. See, it's not that we shouldn't perform. It's that where, in what strength are we performing? Are we performing in our own strength? Are we performing out of the strength that is in us? So that's the question. There's your grace message right there. It's not that we are not to be performing. See, sometimes this false grace message tells us there's no performance involved. Well, there isn't for your salvation. But if you're going to operate in the kingdom, there's some performance. But, but we have too many Christians trying to perform because they're jumping the gun and they're stepping out trying to do something and they're seeing a lot of failure in it. So they just keep this is what's happening around this nation all running to Asbury right now. For me, it's like, wait a second. If this is going to cover the earth, by the time you get to Asbury, it might already be at your church, and you missed it. While you're standing in line, 
in a cold, wet line over here in Kentucky, God may already be outpouring in your place. Hello? I don't think this is the time to start moving. Did I, didn't we think about it? Sure we did. We thought about taking a fast trip over there. Of course. I think a lot of Christians did. But I want to see, I, hey, listen, I've seen God move. I've seen His Spirit take over a service. I've watched God operate. I've watched how He moved in my life. I want to see it here. I want to see Him here. Amen? He told me, He told me personally, the day will come, son, you will see it, where they will not have to travel across the Mississippi or the Ohio to have my presence. I will be there in the heartland. Between those rivers, I'm going to show my, I'm going to show my mighty work. Now, that's what he told me. Now, I know it's coming. Not it, but he, whom he is coming. Amen? In a way that we, he, that we have not experienced. In a way that will set us free like we've never been set free before. In a way that's going to give us clarity like we've never had clarity before. Why? Because he's got a work to do. There's an awakening coming. And with that awakening, there's going to be a great revival. There's going to be a great, great, a great uh, harvest. What do you do with a harvest? What's the first thing you have to do with the harvest? You have to process it. You can't just load it up in trucks and sit around waiting for somebody to do something. That's what the church, see, we're, we're not thinking forward. God's going to do something, and boy, when the harvest comes, our church is going to grow. Uh, we're just going to be busting at the seams. Okay, what do we do? Sit here on the harvest? Discipleship. That's why God has never, He has never given me a vision for a church. He's given me a vision for a training center to get people prepared, discipled. Amen. His kingdom come as will be done. Amen. Amen. When I saw this at Asbury, do you know the first thing I said to God? I said, oh, Father, now I know we're believing, but I need them bathrooms in here because I get that many people in here. We're going to have to have a place to pee. Was that too crude? Hello? Double the congregation, see what it's like standing at the line. Some of you who are older standing at the line. Some of you have already told me, hey, Pastor, we gonna, Dean, we're going to have to do something soon. I, I, the older I get, less time I have in line. Young people are going to have to be giving up your space in line. Let them go in there and pee. But we just can't. We've got to have. And I've told him, I said, God, I need, I need, I need you to show me my schedule. I need you to start showing me my life. I, 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 this is my calling. I do that so that I can do this. You're gonna, we're gonna have, there's going to have to be. And he came to me not long ago and said, transition, son, is coming. Transition is coming. Transition is coming. And so Pat and I, I have to go back to that. Transition is coming. What does that mean? I, I don't know. I wish I had clarity on it, but he never does clear that up for me. How about you? When he comes and gives you a word, does he ever tell you everything? No. Because if he told you everything, you go, oh, God, I'm going to go back to the easy chair and sit down because I, I need another Coke and I need maybe some popcorn. I need to think about this for a minute. Amen? 
I'm not sure I want to do that. I don't know that I want to go through all of that to get there. Hello? But in every step of the journey, he's developing in you who you're going to become. He is taking you. Remember, I'm going to take you and make you fishers of men. I'm going to take you where you're at. I'm coming for you, and you have to do nothing for it. And I'm going to bestow upon you the kingdom of heaven inside of you. I'm going to clothe you in my righteousness. I'm going to cleanse you with my blood. I'm going to fill you with my spirit. And I'm going to place giftings on you and callings on you all for free. It's just yours. There you are. I have adorned you with the rubies and the diamonds and the crowns and the robes of heaven itself and the shoes that go with it. Now that I've done that, I'm taking you by the hand and bringing you to where I am. Now, if it don't get any better than that, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it gets any better than that. Okay. Okay, let me just drop down here where I want to go. Let us shout for joy in Psalms 35, 27. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Now, all of you that I just said, that little sentence right there of what God did for you, did that make you hungry? Did that kind of give you an image of who you are? Straighten your crown up, honey. And let's stand up and let's go. Because Satan smacked your crown and it's tilted a little bit and you think now you're not worthy. And, and you just need to grab your crown, straighten it up, and know that you are the child of God that he has chosen. He has provided and adorned. And now you're going someplace in him. And don't be afraid. Pat and I have had to do some things. We got into a business two businesses a couple years ago. And in the last six months, we pulled back on both of those businesses and almost shut them down. Why? Because we went above our ceiling on something. He said to go here, and we went there. And we just thought we were going to really be successful up there. And when we got up there, all of a sudden, going to work wasn't fun anymore. All of a sudden, running the business wasn't fun. All of a sudden, the business God gave me it was running me, and I wasn't running it anymore. You know, when that happens, know this. You just went upstairs above your ceiling. It's time to come back down to your seat where your ceiling is and let him give you all that you have in your ceiling. Amen? Amen. Watch what he says here. Yea, let them say continually. Did you hear this? Say continually, let the Lord be magnified. Say it with me because we're supposed to all say this continually. Let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of me. Are you a servant? Are you willing to just do whatever? You're a son, but at the same time, you're willing to do whatever he wants to. Father, use me. Isn't that your desire? Let me say something to someone that encourages them 
to fall in love with you, to grab a hold of you. That's in you. So that puts you in this category. You are in this category. This is who he's talking about. So now watch. Let's say it again. Let the Lord be magnified. Let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of you and I. What's he get pleasure in? Us prospering. Amen. Nothing is supposed to run us. We're supposed to run it. Romans 12, 2, I'm going to leave you with this. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. What are we renewing our mind to? Let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for you. Quit seeking the will and start magnifying him and speaking what he says over you. Because if God has called you to something and he is the provider of all things, he didn't just provide the call on your life. He didn't just provide the desire in your heart. He also provided the finances to get it done. And you got to quit saying, well, I'm on, an, I'm on a fixed income. Well, I, I, I'm retired and we don't have much money. Well, I can't afford that. Pat took I can't afford that out of our mouth and our family a long time ago. Because you're speaking, you're speaking a deficit in your life. You're speaking poverty over you. You're letting the poverty mouth take over. We might say we can't do that right now. But it's coming. But I am not going to tell you, we quit telling our children, well, we can't afford to do that. I remember one time we moved into a place, now we were, this is just where we were at, three kids, three kids in a private school, we moved into a parsonage out there at Thompsonville, and, and, and downstairs there was an air conditioner, upstairs in those bedrooms there was no air conditioner, we moved in there in the heat of summer. Of course, hot air rises, and up there in that attic, it was so hot in there. And those kids came to us and said, Dad, could, could we get an air conditioner up there? I knew we couldn't afford an air conditioner. Couldn't afford an air conditioner. And you know what we did? Okay, I'm just going to tell you how we live, all right? All right, so here we go. You ready? And we're going to close, but, but you ready? We set all three of those children down. Austin, I guarantee you can remember this. Told them to go get their piggy banks. Pat and I got our piggy bank. <laughs> we didn't have a bank account of, to speak of. We were just trying to keep it covered all the time. That's where we were at. Financially, that's just where we were at. I told you, we've never had anything. We laid our piggy banks out. We all threw money in. Wrapped it all up and said, okay, we're sowing a seed. We're sowing a seed for air conditioners. We all need air, we need air conditioners. I wanted to see my children experience God. Did you know we know more than prayed that prayer 
and gave that money away that somebody contacted us and had two free new air conditioners for us. And those kids got, for the first time, got to see God move in their life. Pat had seen, Pat and I had seen God move in our life. But we got to see, God got to, they got to see God move in their life. Now that wasn't getting God to move with money. It was, it was, it was a principle of seed time and harvest. And Pat and I are really up against it. I told you here not long ago. We're up against it and God says, or, or, the, or the finances are screaming, you can't do this. And the devil's screaming, you can't do this. That's when we just go ahead and write a check. And you know what? That's the time you go, that's not the time to write a check. Sometimes the whole time your head's saying, this is not the time to write a check. And then we get it away from us. And we never look back because a seed dug back up doesn't grow. It only grows if it's sown and it's, and it's left alone. Amen. Folks, I'm just telling you, you've got to figure out how you're going to deal with that voice. That's how we deal with the voice. You're going to have to deal with the voice because the voice is never going to go away. We're just average people. We're blue-collar workers. Collectively, all of us pull all of our money together. We ain't got much. Amen? But we have a source that is unlimited and can operate and function and make a way where there is no way, period. And we begin to see that. We'll begin to see him prosper us because he says it gives him pleasure to prosper us. And then he tells us in his word, don't forget the Lord who prospered you. Don't forget him. Don't forget it's God that prospered you. But I'll tell you, you can't. You can't get away from the goodness of God, and you can't ever forget how, how good he was to you. Amen? So here's the deal. It's his pleasure to prosper you, increase you. If you're, whatever you're deficient on, whatever it is your need is, Quit going out there trying to meet your need. If it's a companion, quit going out there and trying to meet your need. If it's a home, quit trying to figure out with a bank how you can afford it. If it's, if it's, a, if it's, if it's, if it's just friends you need, quit going out there trying to find friends. Depend on Him. Depend on Him and, and say with me and lift up the Lord and say, it is He that gets pleasure in the prosperity of His, of his, of his servants. He will prosper me in that area in whatever area I have lack in. If it's His presence, He will increase. If it's the gifts, He will, he will, he will bestow. If it's health, he will restore. He 
gets pleasure in seeing you prosper. He wants to see you prosper. And that's a hard one for us in the church to get. It's hard. But we got to get it. There's a harvest coming. Amen. There's discipleship to be to be flowing in. There's there's a there's a kingdom to come and there's a will to be done and there's a rapture coming. And there's a harvest we got to Amen. I don't even know how to land this plane, so I'm just going to land it. Father, we thank you so much for your word today. Help us, Father, as you're moving to find our place in this. Help us to find our place in it. Father, help us not to try to make it happen or make something happen or try to be compelled to try to try to try to bring back something from the past and try to put it together. God, it's, it's just not you. Father, rather, let us be open to the moving of your Spirit. Father, let us find ourselves being more interested in getting us lined up with you rather than trying to get somebody else lined up with you. Help us, Father, to get concentrated on getting us connected instead of trying to get everybody else connected the way we think they should be connected. Father, help us, God, to give you elbow room. Some space to operate in and work in, Father, that we may not be on the sidelines of the coming days but that we can be right in the middle and be content with being a, a, towel, a towel boy or a water bottle boy. or We just don't have to be the star of the, of the thing. We just want to be involved in the thing. Father, in the midst of it, may we be able to serve someone to a place and connection with you. And Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. We give you the glory. Be with all of us this week. Father, I speak protection and provision over each individual. Help us to receive this, Father, that you will provide. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Rick, may I keep this? <laughs>